You're listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. All right, everyone. Well, hey, welcome back to the SLT Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well and that this week um, in quarantine has been just fine for you and your family. I am Taylor. I'm Alex. I'm Courtney. And I'm Sam. And uh, uh, we're having a, a good time developing things here in the SLT department uh, for upper school, lower school, uh, and middle school. We're going to be just doing different videos and connecting with people. And so also make sure to check on some Bible studies uh, that we're going to be doing. And so we wanted to stay in touch with you guys. And so we're just excited uh, to provide these resources and ways to connect with you. Um, team, how are we doing? Woo. Yay. <laughs> we're we're just so excited here and i thought it'd be fun if we could go around and share a movie and maybe a quote from that movie of what best described your week under quarantine if i had to choose a movie uh, my week would be like gladiator Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the movie Glad. I started off on top, and then I was sold into the slavery of helping my kids with all of their schoolwork. <laughs> um, and then uh, my quote would be, um, "Are you not entertained? Because there's nothing on earth." <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I can properly entertain. Dad, what do we do now? Hey, Dad, kids. what do we do now? What do That's I do now? So hey, Dad, what do I do now? Fifteen minutes. Shallow just gives you the thumbs down. Exactly. Could you give your intro, Alex? What would your What would your title be? My name is Alex Arredondo, helper of schoolwork <laughs> and cooker <laughs> of grilled cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, husband to a beautiful wife, Aww. father to kids that are easily distracted, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was. Thing. Yeah. Alex is like a gladiator in the kitchen. <laughs> those culinary that's right. skills. Like, that's probably the best grilled cheese those kids have ever had. Probably it's so. It's true. Only and they probably don't even realize that. <laughs> they don't, because they just want fake, plastic, American cheese. Oh. And I'm over here using smoked Gouda. Right. Gouda's my favorite. And <laughs> that was aged good. Gruyere. Like, ew. He's got a spatula in each hand going, are you not entertained? This <laughs> grilled cheese. It's too gooey and cheesy, Dad. Oh, guys, we watched a Goofy movie. Nothing makes you want to eat cheese yes. more than watching a Goofy movie for some cheese. The Leaning Tower of cheese Cheese in Leaning Tower form is the greatest form of cheese. <laughs> yeah. So the quote for me would be, hold on to your butts. Uh, I'm what? just kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to use that. What is that? that? <laughs> it's from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Oh. Check. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, you know, I would say that the movie for this last week was Jaws. Um, if you've ever seen Jaws, you don't really see the shark, but you know it's there. <laughs> and only you can only be signified by like music. Yep. Um, so there's always a presence of being attacked by this shark. And it seems like whenever we go to the grocery store or get out of our house, it's like, where's Corona? Like, what is this? And there's like an always presence that's there. Um, but in all seriousness, I think the quote that best describes it is, 
you're gonna need a bigger boat um, <laughs> because um, to have all of our kids in our house doing all of these things has just been crazy but it's been awesome but just crazy so we're gonna need a bigger boat that's for sure and if you've ever seen Jaws I'm not gonna spoil it for you it's only 30 years old 40 years old go watch it so mm-hmm. I can actually talk about it that's the one with the gorilla right yep yeah <laughs> Oh my word. Okay, for my movie, I'm between two quotes from it, but it is from. Should I tell you what the movie is or should you have to guess what it is? Oh, say the quote. Yeah, say the quote. Okay, okay, okay. Here, I'll start with the less conspicuous. Is this from you or for Luke? No, no, this is from me. Okay. I didn't like Luke's quote was from National Treasure. I wasn't about it. I mean, y'all would have loved it, but that's not what I did. Um, We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Okay, I'm just kidding. That's what it was. That literally was his quote. We're going to steal toilet paper. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the quotes that's going to be less obvious is Sometimes I believe in as many as six impossible things before breakfast. That's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, wow. Good <laughs> job. And the next one is, oh, you can't help that. We're all mad here. I'm mad. You're mad. And it is indeed Alice in Wonderland because I feel like we're in this like altered reality right now. And it goes from being like fantastic and you love it. And you're like, this is the best thing to like get me out of here. Why are Mm. we living in this place kind of a thing? So that's that's where I'm at is um, Alice in Wonderland. Nice. Sam? So I'm actually going to do two because the one is just the one quote from Jumanji, the old Robin Williams one, not the new Dwayne the Rock Johnson one. Yeah. So when Robin Williams first escapes from the game and comes back to the real world and he's like running through the street and he stops the police officer and goes, what year is it? (laughs) That's how I felt pretty much all this past week. Why? I don't know what day it is. I don't know what hour it is. You might need to call a doctor. <laughs> like, our old human construct of time no longer means anything. It's true. You're like, oh, yeah, well, it's only Tuesday. Dude, it's Friday. It's like, what? What? So then my next movie that describes last week is not really in a quote so much as a character. And that character would be Thor from the Avengers. But specifically Thor from Avengers Endgame, where he has <laughs> let himself go oh, and yeah, has yeah. stopped doing hero things and he's pretty much just laying on the couch and eating pizza mm. I believe he's called Bro Thor ah. and that's who I'm vibing with I call him me Thor literally me <laughs> as the youths say yeah, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of memes with that of like me before the quarantine and then me currently and it's like Thor all Thor like and then it's him on the couch before and after mm-hmm. <laughs> also I I've seen so many people are doing the like C10 push-ups, send 10 push-ups. I just, who wants that? I don't. I am not one of the people that want that. If someone tags me, I won't do it. Wait, you haven't been doing Coach Neal's daily warrior strong workouts in the park? No. Oh, wow. I've done a total of zero workouts. I've been doing all the beach body workouts every day. I don't believe that. It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay, so it's been a few weeks since spring break, I think. I honestly don't know anymore. So for those of you who don't know out there, at Liberty Christian School, we do a couple of ministry trips during spring break. 
Seventh and eighth grade students have the opportunity to go up to Colorado for a ski trip with our middle school pastor, Taylor. And all of our upper school students have the opportunity to go on a mission trip internationally somewhere led by Courtney and Alex. So ski trip, I got to go on last year with Taylor, and it is really, really awesome. I particularly like the 14-hour bus ride both ways. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I genuinely enjoy that time with the students. Taylor, I think you do an excellent job with that, um, both the logistical stuff and the spiritual content. It all feels intentional. So we did not get to join you for the ski trip this year. So why don't you tell us a little bit how the trip to Colorado went? Yeah, well... Um... So each year we get to do a ski trip and we went to Winter Park uh, this year as we normally do. And uh, man, it was fantastic. We had a good group of kids who came, just a little bit over 30, um, which was awesome. And eight adults came uh, to be chaperones. And so we kind of all just led groups on the mountain while we were there. Um, But to your point about loving the bus ride, I don't know if you would have loved the bus ride this year, uh, where normally it is 14 hours to get there. Um, and it's shorter if you just drive straight, but we take breaks, um, for our bus drivers and also our students to use the bathroom, grab snacks, all that fun stuff. Um, but, uh, including breakdowns and being stuck at a Walmart for a couple hours, um, it took us a grand total of how many hours are in a day? You're curious. How many are in a day? 24. 24. So it took us over a day, 25 hours uh, to get from the school to our condos at Winter Park. And so um, that is a lot of you would have loved this trip, Sam. Yes. So we bought card games at Walmart. Uh, We did a group ninja in the parking lot. Uh, They the girls made bracelets and friendship bracelets forever. Sweet. Um, there is now just a an inside group. We're almost like a gang um, called the 25-Hour Gang. And um, and so the kids are just like, 25 hours? And so we're going to make shirts uh, and, and hats and everything. And so, uh, but no, that. it was great. Um, we did three days of skiing, and it was really cool. We had about eight or nine kids who had never been skiing before, um, and they took lessons, and they did a great job. Um, but before we even go skiing, we know it's a really um, awesome thing to get to do and not everybody gets to do it. And so uh, we just want to make sure that we are as gracious and grateful during the trip as possible. And really one of the things that I have as a challenge is, man, how do we make a trip, which is really fun getting to do something really cool and make it, um, I guess, less about us as possible um, to where we're others focused and servant hearted and kind of just getting to see outside of ourselves. And so on the way up to Winter Park in Colorado Springs, uh, there's an organization called Compassion International, and it is the world's largest sponsorship program uh, where you are able to sponsor a child uh, to pay, I believe it's about $35, $40 a month uh, for um, a kid from around the world in these different countries. Um, and you're able to um, pray through and, and choose a kid to sponsor. Um, and the money that you pay each month goes towards uh, their education, uh, food, shelter, um, hearing the gospel, um, and all these other things, medicine and, and getting uh, medical attention as well if they need it, um, and really just gives them hope. And so we got to go to their headquarters, uh, which was a really, really cool thing. And they, and so we got to tour with the kids to go there 
And uh, it was really funny. So we watched videos from like around the world from where like different kids are learning from. And also the kids got to do some stuff that um, kids around the world experience. Like how do you get water in other countries? Well, some of them, they have to walk for miles to go get water out of a well or out of a river and they have to carry these jugs. And so um, our kids got to do that. Uh, where they carry jugs over of water over their head for a long time in their parking lot and going to get different rocks and different different stuff like that. And so that was really, really cool and getting to see kind of the operation of them sending out letters and all that cool stuff. And something for our listeners to know is that for weeks going up before the trip, Taylor was praying and just thinking through what could be the best thing for our students to meet them where they're at and to make this a time where while they are having so much fun that they were able to just be reminded of the Lord and him being the creator of all of this and really hit their heartstrings. So Taylor, will you tell us a little bit about what the devotionals looked like and what y'all t- your time looked like at night together? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Courtney. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. It's a unique opportunity to do a ski trip because um, we get to be in the mountains and we see all throughout scripture that God's presence and where he meets his people is associated with mountains. And so uh, I don't know the necessary exact reason for that, but I do know my response to the mountains is an understanding of how small I am um, and how big God is. And no one feels super powerful when they're on a mountain. Um, You are very well aware um, of how small you are and how dependent you are. that you are not the king of everything or the queen of everything, um, but you acknowledge that someone is. And so I just wanted to make the devotionals very applicable to what the kids are seeing. And so some of the the topics uh, would be snow, mountains, ski goggles, um, going down different trails, um, following the tracks of someone who's gone before you, uh, just different things like that that are very applicable. And so when they go outside the next day, um, whenever they see snow, um, that they will understand um, what forgiveness of the Lord looks like and what it really means to take uh, the blood of Jesus, the sins that we carry and to make us white as snow, um, what that actually looks like. And so just connecting different pieces like that, because when we look at the ministry of Jesus, he used practical application and he used the elements around him to describe them to um, the people that he was teaching because they were already familiar with those things, such as the lilies of the field um, or yoke of oxen, uh, that this culture knew those references. And so in these devotions, uh, I wanted to use the references that our students would be coming across while we were on the mountains. And so um, it was really neat. And we do that um, during the day. We have devotional booklets that we go through. And each night we're able to come together um, as a group um, and get to study God's work together and also sing together. And it was really cool. I had uh, two different uh, junior girls who came on the trip this year. And one of those um, actually led worship for us at night with her guitar, which was just super cool. Um, And so it was just a really awesome opportunity uh, to get to have real conversations with our kids. Um, And on the last night, we have like a guy girl time and we separate into cabins um, and kind of just like discuss um, what it means to be a man and to be challenging um, our eighth grade boys and seventh and sixth grade guys to um, become more of who the Lord's called them to be and speak into them and speak over them uh, and also encourage them. And the ladies get to do the same thing in their cabins also. And so it was just a really great trip to spend time with our students, uh, to grow them in the Lord. And especially on the mountains, uh, it was really cool because there's a lot of fear involved in skiing, especially if you've never been before. Yeah, I found skiing to be super easy and not at all difficult or painful in any way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, 
just getting to have conversations based around faith and fear, even when it comes to the mountain, um, because it's just very applicable of how do you approach fear and how do you let it control you? Well, how do you do that in real life? What are you afraid of in your daily life back at home? Will you let that control you? How will that affect you? And so just getting to make those kind of connecting points uh, were really cool. And so I know our kids had a great time, even with all the bus issues, uh, they had a blast and so did I. And so we're just really grateful to have that. Yeah, it can definitely be, it can definitely be painful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, to some, not to me though. To some, not to Sam. No, not at all. I uh, last year led my group of ski school kids um, on all the baby greens and got to watch them graduate up off the bunny slopes to the real greens. It was like having my own little baby birds leave the nest and go and ski on their own and leave me alone in the cold and the snow on the mountain. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> So Taylor, you mentioned some of the discipleship opportunities you had and the really impactful personal conversations you got to have with students. So eventually, one day, when we get to go back to school and go back to our routine where we get to see them every day, what would you say is the follow-through for how you continue investing in the students? I know you mentioned the 25-hour group. That's going to be a fun inside joke for you guys. But then also the Christ Center relationships that you built. How are you going to continue watering those seeds and investing in that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Because all of our retreats that we do, we don't want it to just end during that time that we have with the students, whether it's a couple of days or a week or whatever that is, um, but to continue those things when we get back. And so um, there are our students that, you know, I was able to personally, you know, ask like, hey, when we get back, can I hold you accountable to the things that? Um, you've wanted to keep up, to have those conversations and to speak that encouragement and also um, to challenge um, in those ways um, and just seem like, hey, the things that we talked about, especially with fear and letting it control you, like what does that actually look like today? How have you um, kept that up to today? And I think that would be um, a really cool thing. Also for a lot of our students to also get them thinking about coming back um, in high school. Uh, potentially to be leaders of of knowing how the Lord moves on that trip and that they could be used um, by the Lord to speak into uh, middle schoolers as well. Yeah, I still talk to my group of boys from ski trip last year. They're all eighth graders this year. I had all the seventh grade boys. So shout out to the polar bros. Scoo, scoo. And something really cool, <laughs> something really cool about the relationships that are built on the ski trip with upperclassmen who go to lead the underclassmen is, for example, Avery Appling went last year as a leader with some of the students. And then this year, some of those same students that went on the ski trip went on the mission trip and Avery was on the same team as them. So she got to kind of continue on those discipleship relationships, but now they're both in high school together and get to continue investing and pouring into them. And that was one of the things that she was the most excited about. So it's fun that those relationships continue once we get back to school. Right. So speaking of mission trip, that is the other trip that we take during spring break with all of our upper school students. This year, we had the opportunity to go back to Guatemala. That's somewhere that we've gone on our mission trips before. We partner with an organization called Real Impact Missions, or RIM, and they have local contacts in Guatemala, and Liberty Christian School has gotten to go and work with them before. Courtney and Alex, you guys did an amazing job with the trip this year. I mean, all of the prayer and preparation that go into an international trip, you can imagine. And especially with, if you wind the clock back a couple weeks when we left, um, stuff had not 
fully developed into this whole craziness we're in right now, and it was still just kind of uncertainty. But even with all that, I think you guys did an awesome job of navigating it and making it clear what your goals and hopes for our students were. So do y'all want to share a little bit about that, what your hopes for the Liberty students were for this trip? Alex, you Courtney, got it. ladies first. Yeah, you got it, Alex. <laughs> uh, fine. Uh, well, uh, my, my goal, and um, if you went on the trip, I, I hope it was at least somewhat obvious, but if you had like a, a devotional on it, it said, uh, or even a t-shirt, maybe you saw your kids come back with the t-shirts, it should say, from him, for him. Part of what I was hoping would happen and what I was praying would happen is that they would have the realization that um, we we go for God because we're from him. This is where the Lord is. Like missions is what the Lord is doing, what the spirit of God is moving on earth to do. Like the entire goal of our existence, believe it or not, is to make sure that the kingdom of God is here on earth to help others to see the Lord as worshipful, as worthy of worship. And so uh, that doesn't happen unless you're, you believe you're made for him. And uh, that doesn't happen unless you believe that you've come from him. And so the whole theme of, of the devotionals that we did, uh, even the way I prepped the, the night chapels was uh, from that lens of how do I impress upon these students that they are made for the Lord and come from the Lord and anything that they'll ever do, missions or uh, even the careers that they one day will have, it's all from him and for him and that uh, they are certainly made with the ability to do amazing things, amazing work, but they're not made for work. Uh, work is made for them. They are made for God. That's awesome. I think with that, my hope was just that students' affection for the Lord would be stirred and that it would deepen their desire for a relationship with the Lord. And also what Alex is saying, that they would be able to see that the kingdom of God is so much bigger than what they see here in the DFW area, and that that would expand their understanding of the Lord, that they would see what it's like to get to participate in the furthering of his kingdom, and that that would just allow them to see that God is big enough to handle their questions. And I think that that's what happened with a lot of our students. And we'll get to that. Awesome. Yeah, this year, my wife, who is a kindergarten teacher at Liberty, and I got to come on the mission trip and lead one of the teams of students together. So I can definitely bear witness that it was really obvious, um, everything y'all just mentioned and your hopes and goals for all the students and all the teams. So I think y'all handled that just incredibly well. Like it's really hard to believe that this is only y'all's second mission trip with Liberty ever. Like I couldn't tell that based on y'all's leadership. So with that in mind, mission trip is definitely a super powerful experience. Um, so what are some of these stories that you guys have brought back? Like, what is your favorite thing that God did on this trip? Uh, I think my favorite thing was that uh, a lot of our students got to encounter a um, a brother in Christ. His name is Carlos. Some of your kids may have already told you about him. He is a man with an incredible testimony and is 
100% just in awe of God. He loves the Lord deeply. His life has been threatened for preaching the gospel. His life has been threatened for evangelism. Uh, he has been wounded and hurt, and people have attempted to kill him uh, for these things. And yet he continues, and he continues with joy. And our, our kids got to, to meet up with him as he served us as part of the translator team and, you know, one of the project uh, hosts while we were down there. And uh, I think him just being him, not trying, uh, left an impression on a lot of our students. Uh, they, they got to see what happens when you just let go. What happens when you do what Romans 12.1 says, and that is present your bodies, your lives as a living sacrifice. How, despite all these circumstances, uh, I think any one of our students would attest to the fact that Carlos has had probably more joy in his heart uh, than probably our entire team combined. And uh, I think the kids got to encounter this guy, and it was awesome. It totally opened their eyes uh, to what a Christian is being molded into, what a Christian should be. Um, and uh, that was such a awesome thing for uh, for me to see happen. Uh, he baptized with us. Uh, Luis, our other translator, got baptized. And uh, uh, Courtney's team actually probably could talk a little bit more about that because he was the translator on, on their team. And I know him and Luke kind of connected. Uh, Luke being Courtney's husband, for those of you that don't know. Um, and he's always trying to dunk on me, just so you guys know. <laughs> Luke has this irresistible <laughs> desire to pretend there's a basketball hoop behind me at all times. And while I'm not paying attention, will just dunk on me. He'll posterize That means me. he likes you. So, Courtney, what's one of your favorite stories from the mission trip? Yeah, I think it's, gosh, it's so... I'm sure both of y'all feel this. It's so hard to even put a title on what's the best story. I think just rapid firing some things like, first of all, we saw multiple kids dedicate their life to the Lord and like a true, I am a different creation. Like I am a new creation that there's no explanation except for the Lord. And that was just unbelievable to watch that with multiple students. There's nothing there's nothing like that. And to be able to hear this year for baptisms, we had students write out um, about five sentences about their conversion or why they were doing this and proclaiming their faith. And it was beautiful getting to hear that and then hear all of their classmates cheer around them before they got baptized. So that was awesome. I think watching the kids during worship and seeing the ones that are just like full abandon because they just love the Lord. And that was so cool seeing that. But I mean, it's so hard. When we were on um, the evangelism days, doing the drama for different places, it was awesome watching our kids. So they go around in MIG groups. And so it's three or four students that are together. It's co-ed groups, different grades. And they witness to different people and they were witnessing to college students and to adults that were in the area and walking around the different groups and hearing the questions that they were answering that were just really difficult questions um, about why do good things happen to bad people and what about you know, I don't believe God because this happened or this doesn't make sense to me. And hearing the kids share their faith and share things that they didn't even know they had the capability of doing. Andy, 
uh, words. Andy Betrell was saying how there was someone he was talking to who said he was agnostic. And Andy was like, I don't know how to respond to this and just kept praying. And the Lord continued to speak through him. And so seeing him on fire of like, the Holy Spirit just spoke through me and watching kids have these revelations about the Lord and how all of the head knowledge that they've been acquiring for years is true and real and there's a living God behind it and watching strangers in Guatemala surrender their lives to the Lord and hearing their testimonies. I mean, there's just so, so, so much power behind this week when we were in Guatemala on all of the teams. Mine's just a glimpse into what was happening on all of the different teams. But the even at night, whenever the teams would be together and watching the students share some really deep, hard things um, that they hadn't shared with groups before or that they were realizing like, hey, I never processed through this and some fear behind that of what are my peers going to say if they know this about me. And then watching all of the students just come around them and pray over that person and love them so much deeper. It was just, it was a week of freedom. It was a week of seeing the Lord. And I think Part of that is just really reiterating to these students that the same God that we served in Guatemala is the same God that's here. And how do we walk in that while we're back in our comfort zones? That's awesome. So Courtney, you mentioned the evangelistic days of the trip where the students go out and perform the drama and minister to people. But the first two days of the trip are work days and having gone on a couple similar mission trips, um, Um, and being involved in little construction projects and things like this before, I can safely say that this was maybe the biggest practical impact. I think that this may be the biggest practical impact I've ever seen a mission trip team be able to do in a community. So do you guys want to share about that? Uh, Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I believe what Sam is referring to is the fact that we got to restore a few water reserves, water tanks. Uh, for communities. One of the tanks had been uh, non-operational for 18 years. Uh, As soon as they broke down or people weren't taking care of them, they turned into kind of dumps. So they were just filthy, uh, full of piles of garbage. And it was just a lot of labor, a lot of labor that that community could not have done on their own. And so we got to go in there, uh, partner with these communities and uh, clean out these uh, water tanks so that these people could have running water for the first time in 18 years. And they were so excited that we were there. Uh, they constantly wanted to take pictures with us. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really awesome. The joy was evident. Their thankfulness was uh, evident. But it was really, really awesome. And uh, I saw Courtney, like, just, I don't know what she was doing. She was just like, going at the ground like with Thor's hammer or something and just just like crushing the ground and making rocks obliterate before my very eyes. It was was quite a sight to see. I feared you. I am not going to lie. I feared you. Learned how to use a pickaxe and nuts. (laughs) I just feel really confident in saying that the students that participated in these work projects or the drama and the evangelism um, to the people out in the streets or at the schools. I think it's those moments that are um, really going to be lasting and really shape the students into their identity of who God really wants them to be. Like, and by the way, we're a school. Like, I don't know if y'all let that sink in very often that 
um, we're a school that gets to send out hundreds of high school students on this trip to go be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So now that we're back, um, you know, obviously, after working that closely with students and ministering with them for a week, um, you get really close with them and build really strong relationships. So what is the vision that you guys have for the follow-through of continuing that discipleship? And especially, um, Courtney, you mentioned the students that made some major decisions for the Lord. So what does that look like? So uh, this has definitely looked different because of the remote world that we are now living in. We had lots of plans for how we were going to follow up. But one of the things that we have been really wanting to do is give them a place where they can be studying God's word and making that a part of their daily routine. And so we have talked a lot to the students about, okay, yes, there is this Jesus spiritual high that people talk about. And then year after year, we hear students say the same thing. I mean, for decades, this has been since I was in middle school and high school is talking about the Jesus high and then how life went back to the routine and you lost that. If you read the book of Psalms, you're going to see David go on a roller coaster of events and feelings toward the Lord, but that doesn't change his dedication and his pursuit of the Lord and God's steadfast constant pursuit of him. And so that's what we're kind of trying to channel in with these students is through even virtual community groups of, hey, this is this is how you study your Bible. That's one of the things that all of us are wanting to teach the students is this is how you can actively be reading scripture and this is how to um, walk through it or uh, spiritual disciplines. One of the ones that I'm doing for upper school girls is about enjoying Jesus and it's 12 different spiritual disciplines that you can incorporate into your life. And so Alex Taylor and I are all leading middle school and upper school community groups to help students stay connected when they just, especially the ones that went on mission trip in spring break, they just went on a very relational trip. And now they're kind of sitting in like, oh, I wish I was back there or um, this is so hard and just kind of complacency. And so this is a way to reconnect them with other students in upper school and middle school and help continue their growth of their relationship with the Lord when that peak Jesus high season has come to a pass. Yeah. So Alex, um, on the last night that we were there together in Guatemala, you challenged them to not just go back to all the comforts and all the distractions that we have back home. Um, we came back to a world where there's really nothing for the students to do except tune in to their screens and their phones and their comforts and distractions. Because the way things are right now, there's just not a lot of opportunities for um, healthy, Christ-centered connections like Courtney mentioned. And we're making the best of it to kind of provide opportunities for that. But um, for now, what would you say to those students? What would you say to kind of continue that challenge for the students? I know I'm speaking for myself when I say when we got back, um, it was just so obvious that those things aren't satisfying. So what would you say to the students to encourage them during this time? Um, I, I would say the Lord knew. Um, the Lord knew when he put that message on my heart, and he knew what world would we, we would be coming back to. And I would say that isolation uh, is a powerful tool in the Bible, um, and that we, we should lean into it, in that uh, loneliness uh, can very quickly become aloneness with God. If we go with it, empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, this can be 
part of this transformational thing. This could be missional um, in lots of ways. And I think for a lot of these students, um, they're in homes where they became they became the saved sibling. Um, they became the the one believer. Um, and now they have this opportunity where um, big brother or little brother or little sister or big sister can't go anywhere. All they can do is listen to you. <laughs> um, all they can do is hear your pleas and uh, please to, for them to come to Christ in the same way um, that you did. And so I don't think we're necessarily uh, kept from uh, the mission that God has given us uh, because the mission of God is always to be with him and to draw others to him. Man, that's great. And I'm so thankful that the Liberty students have the three of you guys to lead their community groups and continue pouring into them. And I love that, although we could choose to be negative about these challenges that we're facing right now, I think that's something that the four of us on Spiritual Life Team are all united in, that we don't see this as this huge problem, but as an opportunity for us all to get closer to God, to grow in our relationship with Him. Um, like we've mentioned the seeds that were planted on both ski trip and mission trip. This is an opportunity for the students to just let them grow. Like we can't forget that there's plenty of distractions at the school. Like as awesome as it is to be able to see people in person and have that sense of community, there are plenty of things that are fighting for our time and our attention, even when we're at school. So I know that that's all four of our hearts that the students would Take this time and use it to let those seeds grow in their relationship with the Lord. Right, so to wrap up this episode, um, going back to our movie conversation, because I know that's what a lot of us are doing right now, is watching a ton of movies, since now we have plenty of time to catch up on all those shows and everything else. So now we're going to ask the question to the team. Since we are all now quarantined and sheltering in place... If there was one house from any movie you've seen that you could choose to be quarantined in, what house would that be? Go. Okay. Mine would be from The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan Ah, Parent Trap. And it would be Dennis Quaid's house in Napa Valley because beautiful house huge pool that would be so fun and then they have horses and you could ride the horses through the fields like how fun would that be that sounds like a blast to me yeah that does sound pretty awesome okay mine all right (laughs) so i'm about to do a disclaimer um this is only at the beginning of the movie not towards the end so i'm fixing the movie for my version the house like burned down so this is a disney original which came out in 1999 um, called Smart House. Smart House. Smart House. Oh my gosh, I was thinking about so, that. Ooh, throwback. So, so before but, she turns, yeah, before evil. she turns evil. So this Smart House um, has like all these awesome things. Like one of my favorite as a kid, which I wish I had, was like I don't know how this is possible, but vacuum cleaner carpet to where you just leave all your. You don't even have to clean up. And the, va- the, the the house will just suck up mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. the trash that's left on your carpet and just suck it away. And it's not there anymore. So it just instantly cleans everything for you. Um, and they have a whole lot of other cool stuff too, like a sweet sound system and videos and video games and all those things. So smart house before it turns crazy. 
and tries to kill everyone. And the the alarm clock would like be your entire yeah. wall and it would be whatever like scene you wanted it to be. So you would wake up to wherever you wanted to wake up to. Yep. That's a great movie. Yep. So that's so if you got Disney Plus, Smart House, I don't know if it's on there, but go look for it. Try and I it. haven't watched it. Neither of us have watched it since we were kids. Yep. So disclaimer. <laughs> don't take that recommendation too. <laughs> Okay, so for me, I think I'm going to stick to my original movies, except definitely would not want to live in the Jumanji house. There's all kinds of monkeys and stuff living up in there. (laughs) But kind of going along with what Taylor said with kind of a futuristic theme, I think I would go with Tony Stark's house from the Iron Man movies Mm -hmm. because of all the like future-y stuff and honestly just having Jarvis in the house to talk to, the robot butlers. Yes. Imagine going to Kroger in an Iron Man suit. Just That's up. what I'm saying. I could pick whatever suit I want for that day, you know, just depending on how I'm feeling. What was the Hulk smasher one? The big bulky one? And you walk through the aisles? Mm, the Hulkbuster. <laughs> yeah. Do you think anybody's going to fight me for toilet paper in that thing? No. Nope. Don't think so. That's my quarantine dream house. What's yours? Nice. I choose the house from Poltergeist. What? I knew he was going to do a horror movie. I knew it. <laughs> no. I'm dead serious. <laughs> okay, so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the SLT podcast. We will be releasing more episodes in the coming weeks. So remember, we're all in this together. No matter where you live, just enjoy this time with your family and take this opportunity to grow deeper in your relationship with the Lord. As we mentioned, make sure to check out the Spiritual Life Google site that's going to be filled with all kinds of resources for you and your family to just engage in spiritual life activities. So, yeah. Hope to see you guys soon. The Ninja Turtle Sewer. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for joining us on the SLT Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com. Woo. Yay.